Blog Talk Radio. Franchise interviews from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 13 years now, we've been asking the entrepreneurs of all one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show. Well, today marks our 652nd show, and our special guest today is the president and founder of the Telephone Doctor Customer Service Training. She's been featured on Oprah, the Today Show, CBS This Morning, Good Morning America, Good Morning Canada and Great Britain, CNN, Fox News, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, and other well-respected radio, TV, and publications, and today for the third time, a guest on Franchise Interviews. She's Nancy Freeman, and the topic of today's discussion is the big secret to millennials. Hi, Nancy. How are you? Welcome to the show. That was a wonderful introduction. I am very grateful, sir, and it is our third time. We've got a lot of information to share. We sure do. It's not too early to say happy holidays, is it, Nancy? It's <laughs> never too early. I start in January. You do? Yeah, no, <laughs> thank you, you. I appreciate that. It's never too happy. And I think happy holidays, Merry Christmas, whatever you want to say. Thank I just you. saw, I don't know if it was on LinkedIn or what, somebody said the answer to anyone is just thank you. Yes, <laughs> that's true. They're making that's such true. a big you know deal that. about all that. So thank it's you, thank true. you. Uh, you're welcome. It's, it's always a pleasure for me to talk to you. I was, I was telling my wife how excited I was to talk to you this morning, Nancy. So it, You told your it, wife how excited you were? Well, I sure I'm did. I'm in trouble sure on that did. one. I'm going to get in trouble <laughs> on that one. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Well, you know, it takes a good host to make a good show. So thank you for being thank there. Thank you. Thank you. And likewise, it takes a great guest, too. So it, it, it's fantastic to speak to you today, Nancy. I was um, Thank you. I was reading an article, Nancy. Um, it, you and I, it's funny how sometimes our lives are, are parallel because I follow you, you know, on LinkedIn and, and on social media. And you were writing about a story. Uh, I, I guess you were making a presentation at the NAR conference and a young girl comes up to you and she's, I guess she was about 25 years old and she was kind of like a little bit defensive. You know, she had her arms crossed and she says to you kind right. of abruptly, she says, you're not going to tell us how bad we are, are you? You know, talking about the millennials, you know, and I thought that was interesting because you have an interesting perspective on the millennials. And I was thinking, you know, maybe we could start off, you know, from your experience, what, what is the big secret to working with millennials? I love this topic, and and you're right. That 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 was it. when I was speaking to the National Association of Realtors, and somebody mm-hmm. I guess before me had just blasted all the millennials, and she came up yeah. to me as thank you for reading the article. You're the one. Okay, that's good. But <laughs> bottom <laughs> bottom line, they get. I think they get maligned and abused. I really do. Um, yeah. My answer to when I talk about the millennials is we're all millennials. We have all mm-hmm. been there. It was a different right. name. I mean, you can right. go back to to the from the African American. First, they were black, yeah. and they were you know right. colored, and right. then they were. Right. Uh, it just it goes on and on. So that's just one yeah. thing. And there's dozens of things where the names change, but the situation is. And 
we we are all surrounded by some sort of millennial relationship, a mm-hmm. son, a daughter, a, a, a nephew, a niece. You know, we work with them. And are they different? Yeah, they're different. But you know what? We're different. And you right. know what? We were different when we were 25 years old, 26 years old. So I, I find making making this a huge uh, brouhaha, not semi-useless, but I can remember, yeah. you know, our parents saying, oh, my gosh, I'll never understand you. You know, uh, <laughs> how can you listen to all that music? I mean, it's driving me right. crazy. And then right. what did you say? You know, you, you've got coming into millennial age, don't you, Marty? Well, your yeah, kids? I, I, so I, right. My, my son, I guess, well, he's only 12, right? So I guess he would be in that part of that, that Generation Z, I think, is what they're calling it now, you know? Oh, my gosh. Um, I haven't heard that one yet. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it it's interesting, you know, in working with with all these, you know, different generations. You know, it was funny because I was reading an article, Nancy, and they were saying that I think it's for the first time in history, there's four different generations actually working together. Um, they have what's called the traditionalists, which are pretty up there. I mean, I think they're about 75 years old and up, but, you know, some of them are still working in the workforce today, you know, and then you have, of course, the baby boomers, which is a huge audience, and then Generation right. X, and now you have millennials. So it, it's interesting. I, I think they said it was like really for the first time that you have these four different generations working together, and it seems like, from my experience, anyway, it was funny because I was in Washington, D.C., a month ago, just like you, and one of the speakers was talking real negative about the the um, the millennials, and it was very uncomfortable because there were millennials in the room in the know, audience, right? In the audience, and I was like, "What are you doing?" And I, I happened to have lunch with this young girl. She happened to sit at my table, you know. She said, "Can I sit here?" And I said, "Of course," you know. And I kind of apologized. I said, "You know, I'm really sorry for that, you know, that presentation. I thought it was a little bit awkward," and you know, she was kind of enlightening me on the millennials. You know, we started talking about the topic and I asked her, I said, you know, the only thing I don't understand about the millennials is how quickly they change jobs. You know how like you and I will have like a career for to do the same job for like sometimes decades, but they like to move on, don't they? they they'll like do a job for sometimes 11 months, 12 months, and then they want to move on. Uh, and I think for some reason that's looked at in a negative way, but it, it's really not negative though, is it? I think they just want to grow, don't they? Well, that's a great another topic, and it's challenging. Mm-hmm. I have a friend who changed jobs a lot uh, years yeah. ago, and yeah. I said, change till you find the one you like and you're happy. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah. think it's a horrible thing to change jobs unless you're just doing it for a hobby. These kids right. get a job, and, and they're not happy. Why should they stay? I mean, if you're not right. happy, everybody tells you that. You know, if you're not happy, don't do it. I mean, that's what I told my daughter. If you're not happy, don't do it. So she stopped making her bed, doing the dishes, but that's a joke. Okay, well, that was a joke, Marty. Okay, you didn't. all right, I'll stick to my, I'll stick to my daytime job. Okay, you're slow, but you're good. But you said something. You said something that was very interesting. You said for the first time in history, there's four generations, four different. And I don't know that that's true. I'm, I'm asking you because when I started at WGN Television, I didn't start there, but when I worked at WGN Television, there were guys, and I was 25, whatever it was. There were guys in their 70s. Then there were guys in their 50s. Then there was me. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there have always been. It, Different generations. They just didn't have a name, but we've always had mixed generations. Mixed, you know, sure. There was the, the guy who was about to retire. He was 80 years old. Then there was the guy who was 50 years oh. old. He was going to be president. And then there was somebody. Yeah. And I just, I think if we open our eyes, you know, mm-hmm. they get a, they get maligned and they get accused of things. Um, right. They they don't know they don't know about about history they don't know about our history what twenty two right. year old ever did 
When was it important <laughs> yeah. for a 22-year-old to know things? Um, you're always at a, at a loss or a directionless, if we mm-hmm. should, a directionless, if you say, in that age bracket. You, you're right. not supposed to know what you want to do unless you want to be a doctor or a dentist. You know, you, you go after right. one thing or a lawyer because your father was. Right. Um, it frustrates me because these are good kids, just like we were, and they're gonna, you know, are they? Are they? Yeah. Do they have weird thoughts? Yes, but you know what? So did we. Sure, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I'm, I, I feel like I'm defending them. Of no, they, they but, don't but have I, a skill set. Yeah, go ahead. I, I think it's great, Nancy. You know, it was it was funny you know, when I was reading the article. You know, you pointed out a lot of um of, of the positive aspects of millennials. You know, we see so much negative PR on this particular group. You know, and, and I thought they were interesting. Some of them I just wrote down. You, you mentioned that um they were sponges, which I, I agree with. They they seem to absorb everything, don't they? Well, I can tell you that if I've got three hundred, four hundred people in an audience. It yeah. is they, it is them, they, whatever the word is, and the seniors who are about to retire who come up and say, the seniors say, hey, that was great, I forgot about that, because there's so much mm-hmm. in our brain when you get older, you, you do forget. Right. I mean, I have forgotten yeah. more than I know now. I mean, that, right. that's what happens. And then the that's kids true. today are not taught skill sets, skills, I sound like I've been drinking, mm-hmm. skill sets <laughs> that, are, that are taught in schools. They're yeah. not taught communication skills. They're not taught how to look somebody in the eye. They're not taught how to shake a hand. They're not taught of these things. Maybe at a private school, yes, okay. But I'm talking our public education. Uh, Why do you think telephone doctor is is popular? It's because these kids are sponges. They're not taught. And they don't like to be left out. But you know what? I don't like to be left out. Sure. You don't like to be left out. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, oh, it, I, I sound like right. I'm defending them, and in a way I am. No. Uh, but I, yeah. I've seen I've seen ignorant seniors, ignorant mm-hmm. baby boomers uh, that don't know how to shake a hand, and they don't know how to look somebody yeah. in the eye, they don't know how to have a conversation. So I just my passion True. would be let them grow, help them. I would love to speak in front of a group of of, of millennials, and just tell yeah. them these things. You know, you're smart, educated kids. Right. And, and they are sponges, Marty. They are sponges. I um I like how you put in the article, Nancy. You put you know and and because getting to know you, I I know this is true of yourself. You, you put you're not a, a fan of name calling or even probably more so like labeling or that negative label. Anyway, right? You know because I'm then, not. Right. Has, we, and has we, this ever happened to you? This is family. funny that you bring that up. Yeah. There was there's a woman in my family's life who drove us crazy. She just mm-hmm. grows her kid, and her name was Harriet. Okay. And she mm-hmm. just, everything that came out of her mouth was not filtered. And she was just a lovely person, but she drove everybody crazy. And right. so what happened, her name was Harriet, and what happened when I was driving somebody crazy, they would say, well, thank you, Harriet, meaning I was just like her. And that, you know, everybody laughed, but it drove yeah. me crazy. Nobody likes to be labeled. No, of course not, especially a negative label, right, Nancy? Because yeah, I think you become right. that. Yeah, I was, I was just funny. We were talking about, I know how you were on Oprah in the past, and I was watching um, a clip from, I guess it was a motivational speaker. I can't even remember who it was, but he was saying that you should always start a sentence with I am, you know, and, and then have a positive label because you kind of become that, you know, and, and my wife and I try to do that with my son, you know, in other words, saying I am smart, I am handsome, I am kind, you know, because you become those things, you know, um, it, and I that's just, all an it, adi- I, yeah, that's all a mental yeah. attitude. You're absolutely right. 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 And that's why I like how you have such a positive attitude, Nancy, on the millennials, because there's a lot of people in that Generation X or um, in that baby boomer category that right off the bat, they just 
don't like them just because they're in that group, you know, and, um, you know, they're, they're, I think a lot of problems happen because of that, whether it's communication problems or, or whatever it may be. I thought it was interesting, you know, because you do so many presentations all throughout the country, and you mentioned that um, they couldn't write down the information fast enough. And you also mentioned that they had a lot of great questions, you know, as, as they're sitting in the audience. You know, it's like they want to learn as much as they can, can't, don't they? So much more than, than, the, than the others. Uh, you know, wow. there's, a, there's a thing called there are salespeople out there that, that are learners and they're sponges, and then there are yes. salespeople out there that we call, some of them we call finished products. These are people mm-hmm. who know it all, done it all, been there, doesn't want to learn a new thing, heard it already, whatever the story is. Um, and sadly, and I'm not labeling them, but mm-hmm. a lot of them are in the baby boomers now. The, the 50 right. year olds and plus yeah. that uh, they re- those are the ones that you said are, are talking negative about the millennials because mm-hmm. they think they right. know it all right. and it, it one approach on the millennials that that I found is if you start asking them questions they have answers they may not be the right answers right. but you didn't have the right answer at 22 23 either that's true but they like to be included they like to be included uh, and and they like to they they like to learn. At least that was my experience. I I've never yeah. had anybody you know in that age bracket come and say this your your program was was garbage. I, I wish I wasn't here. It's all right. been positive. And, and yeah. Yeah. I'm a positive person, and I, I appreciate your recognizing that. Um, yeah. It helps me in life, but. It does. It does. No, absolutely. I, I think that's of course what what draws people to you, and it's why of course you've been so successful as well, Nancy. You know, it. Um, I I started reading a book on um, the different uh, generations. It's going to be one of the areas of, of my next, um, I guess you can call it, you know, scholarly research. And um, it, one of the things I did notice, or it said in the book anyway, and I don't know if it's true or not, is, and I think I might have seen it in one of your, your, your videos, is that there's a perception uh, with the millennials that a lot of times, I, I guess they want respect, don't they? Is, you know, and, and who doesn't, who doesn't want it? respect? Right. Who exactly. And, and I think that's what's happening is they're not getting respect because of the ne- negative label that's attached to them. And I think that's why it was interesting when you were writing the story, and you said the, the, the girl, 25 year old girl, she has her arms crossed, you know, like she was defense. You knew she was defensive already as she came up to you, didn't you? You know, and it seems like you were able to overcome that like in 30 seconds. Well, that's funny. My husband always says, why does it always mean you're defensive when your arms are crossed? Sometimes you crush your arms <laughs> when you're cold. So I never, I never assume they're in the because right. you do. So women especially will cross their arms when they're right. chilly. Of course. So of course. I never assume it, but she because she spoke right away. I mean, I could tell that you know, she, I don't know if she had to come to my program or wanted to. It didn't matter, but she came up afterwards and said thank you, you know, for supporting us. And I said, hey, you know, I was there once. You, you, yeah. I think they forget that just as you forgot right. about your parents. Your parents fell course. in love. They had sex. They did, you know, they drank. They did all the things that that really. That right. We've all been through those stages. We've all been through them, but nobody likes to hear it. Nobody, nobody likes, likes to be to told, "I've been through that." Because how can you imagine your parents doing all the things you do? You can't. Yeah, it's true. You just it's can't. True. You can't. And my mother used to say, "I know you won't believe this, but I was in love before your father." And, no, you don't understand. You don't understand. <laughs> this is real love. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> And oh, I feel I true. wish I could go back to her and say, hey, you were right. Yeah, exactly. We just exactly. don't listen to our parents at that age. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's sad, true. but it happens. Uh, it's true. But these, are, these true. are good people. I mean, it's, I love what you said about they don't get the respect. They want respect. Find mm-hmm. me somebody who doesn't want respect. 
at whatever right. age. Right. And you know who, who else gets la- lack of respect? And this boggles my mind. I'm going off topic, so take me back oh, in no, when I'm done. Okay. Are your senior citizens, they have lived a lifetime, and those who are still working, who yeah. have information in their head on how to, and they've been through the yeah. battles, they've got the scars to prove it, and they are not as listened to as maybe, you know, somebody in 50 who's hot, who's a hot topic now, you know, because they can talk big and swear uh-huh. while they talk. But yeah. there's there's a wealth of information that we're losing in those seniors. Wow. In those That's it's powerful. That never, you know, it's funny. It never occurred to me. You know, it's something that, you know, the, this, the group that you're talking about, Nancy, the seniors, they're, they're very wise, though, aren't they? You know, I think, you know, wisdom is something that I don't know if you'd agree or, or disagree, but I, I think wisdom is something that comes just over the course of time, isn't it? 20 years, 30 years, 40. I, it's not always based on time, but you're right. That group. I believe you're you know, right. And, I, I do believe you're right. Too. Okay. I, you know, my, you, I, I, you know, you know, stories of my dad, you know, when he was in a nursing home and things like that. And, and, you know, there were some very intelligent people in there, you know, and, and um, it's, it's just a shame that you're right. It's never actually even occurred to me. And I don't know why I've never thought about that, but we don't tap into that wisdom and all of those years of experience of that particular group. And, and they're kind of, it's almost like you're saying that they experience what, um, the millennials experience to some extent is they don't get the respect. Of course they did. The source. Yeah. Of course they did. And, you know, Powerful. they're getting new information. They're, you know, they're getting new products and new information. The Internet is about the only thing that I can think of that is, is as new to everybody. You know, yeah. I mean, I can remember when we, when we got a microwave, my mother was, oh, you mean I don't have to boil <laughs> the water on the stove? Right. It's uh, terrifying. But every generation gets a new piece of equipment to deal with. And, and we'll be around to see what what the what your son. Uh, pardon me, I do forget. You told me his name, and it just, just slipped me. Oh, it's the same as Martin. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Oh, right, Martin. That's was hard for me to remember two names. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but, uh, he's gonna in, in ten years. He's gonna have something new, and you're gonna say, yeah. "Wow, I've never seen that. Wow, that's right. amazing." That's true. So that's true. there's gonna be little bits of changes. Of course there are. There. That's growth. That's improvement. That's all those wonderful things. But I stop and talk to people who still have their their faculties that are older than I am because that's where the information, that's where the the real crux of stuff comes. They've been through it. They've lived through it. But you've got to get to an age where you understand that somebody older than you can be wiser than you. Does that make yeah. sense? It does. It makes it makes total sense. It, it's 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 the the light bulb just went off for me. Yeah, as, as <laughs> well, you were mentioning. That, I didn't you know, mean to take you off uh, off the. No, that's okay. Of... But that's that's great because I I always use your information. I always get something. You know, every time you know I speak to you. You know, it was interesting, Nancy, because I was taught, and I, I have a feeling you might have been taught the same thing, but. You know, um, coming from, you know, my mom wasn't born in this country. She, you know, taught me at a very early age, you know, is, is to always respect your elders. You know, so if somebody was older than you, you have to respect them, you know. And I, yeah. I, that's one of the differences I may have noticed with the millennials. I'm not sure if it's a negative um, saying that they don't respect their elders, but it's one of the things that I did notice is I was always taught that if somebody was older than me, for some reason, I had to respect them. And as I was reading this book, I was telling you about it, it, that doesn't that shouldn't always apply. Just because someone is older than you doesn't mean, I guess, that they should get a high level of respect, right? But then again, I feel everyone should be treated with the same level of respect, whether you're a CEO of a company or you, you know, you janitor, sweep the streets. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly, right. you know. Um, and I think you'll never run into problems. My dad used to tell me that in life, if you treat everyone always the same with the highest level of respect 
you're not going to have these problems anyway, are you? You have have wise parents, or I guess your dad's Thank passed. You. Or is, he's yeah, passed. You, get, those, you know, those are things that you remember, and now you think, golly, he was so smart. But think back, yeah. Marty, when you were 22, you yeah, thought you were yeah. smarter than him. Exactly. It's terrible. I mean, you know. So, but that that's life, and that's okay. Yeah. But these millennials are are if you give them a chance, of ask them questions. Mm-hmm. I find them. I, I get respect from them, and I, 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 don't, I don't feel disrespected. I don't know if they respect me, let me put it that way. But either when I'm talking to them, I just spoke to f- about 500 students at a uh, Catholic school in Toledo. Wow. They were beyond sponges. I mean, the line to thank me was out the door. They just could uh, not have been nicer. And these were high school students. These weren't, what do they call them? I don't know, what right. pre-millennials. Right, I guess you were so, still calling them like Generation Z, yeah. Is that what they are? That's a new I one on me. I think they're calling they, Generation Z, yeah. I'll have to go back. I'm not I, sure. I could, have, I could have had dinner with any one of them, had an intelligent conversation. They were sponges for the information. They laughed at the right jokes. A couple of them went over their heads, but that's okay. <laughs> I, that happens yeah, with you, so it doesn't right, bother right, me. Right, exactly. Exactly. But I, uh, the, I was just go ahead. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry to no, cut you off. I, was, I forgot. I what I was, to do that's that. okay. You're so much fun to talk to. I I just go all over <laughs> the boards, which is. I mean, it's like Dick says. I don't know how anybody else could live with you. My husband says that because I go from topic to topic to topic, and I say, just stick with me, just stick with me. And that's why I love interviewing you so much. You know, it's because the interview, right? You, you never know which way the interview is going to go, but it, it, it's always a learning experience. You know, what um, what what advice would you have for like the older generations working with millennials, Nancy? Being that you know, probably, I guess it might be safe to say that that there is a bias, right, towards millennials you know so people in whether it's you know generation x or the baby boomers because they have this negative perception of millennials um is there anything that you you would say to them you you probably don't get that situation where you just have a room of generation x or baby boomers but i guess it sounds like you would say pretty much what we're talking about now right i mean it's all the positive i do say it you're you're right i what i say to the to the people and they're older than me sometimes oh these damn kids and i always say you were a kid once weren't you exactly. were you ever a kid were you ever 22 25 years old i bet you were three years old one time and they you know <laughs> look at me like like a light bulb went on to them so accept yeah. people as they are and hope that they will accept you as you are and that came from my mother i've never forgotten it accept people as they are and hope they will accept you as you are that's because powerful, as it? you get older, we're not going to change. Right. I don't know what age you decide. I'm happy. I'm me. They like me. They right. don't like me. But it right, is right. very exactly. hard to change after 30. It is very hard to change after 30, to make the changes that people want you to. Because you're, you're pretty well set in stone. I mean, your personality has sure. been, been coded out. And these yeah. these millennials, they have time to mold themselves yet. And I'm going to bet they do. I'm going to bet they they turn out great. Are they going to some yeah. bad ones? Hey, every generation has bad ones. Oh, exactly. Absolutely. It, it's so true. One of the um, interesting uh, things, and I, I think you might even cover it in – I know that the telephone doctor, Nancy, you have um, a video. I think it's called Generations at Work. You know, And I actually saw right. some clips – um, on YouTube on it, and I thought it was very powerful. Um, one of the things you talk about is 
I guess the, the work environment, you know, there's this perception, and it was funny as they were talking about it on the video. I think they were talking about, like, millennials want, like, ping pong tables and games, you know, in the, in the offices. Um, what, what suggestions would you have about creating an environment that's conducive and empowers or even probably even more importantly, I guess, retain millennials, right? Because they are a little bit more prone to staying at a job. And then leaving maybe, I, th- I think the average is like I don't know. They said eleven, twelve months. I don't know how accurate that is. But wow, 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 yeah. wow. I don't have th- I don't have those stats. That's interesting. Yeah. The generations um, at work came off the generations at work video that you're talking about. Our program came off of our ServiceSkills.com platform, which is okay. one of the three things that we offer: is the online training, right. Nancy programs, and then webinars. Yeah. But that generation at work, it's funny that you mentioned that because I just got a call a couple of weeks ago from a TV station here. She said, I saw your generations at work on service skills, and I want, to do a, a, I want to do a segment on it. So I went over this whole topic with her, and she said, wow, oh. I've never heard that side of it. She said, everybody's always you know, blasting them. I said, I can't blast right. them. I, I don't want to blast them. Right. Uh, we believe at Telephone Doctor, we believe in, in having fun at work. Yeah. But we have a different we have a different mode of operandi. We have we're selling training things that can make you better. So we right. have nothing really to be down about. <laughs> That's uh, true. Right. We have nothing to be. We could take anybody here, and and they probably would have a good time. We got a sales department. We got a client success right. team. I don't have a pool table yet, but <laughs> you know we've had all sorts of. I had a slot machine in here for a while. Uh, wow. And everybody loves the Coke machine. They play that all day long. So. Oh wow! <laughs> the the, uh, the atmosphere the atmosphere in my mind and this may not you know again only Nancy thoughts here uh, yeah. is a mentality and how you, how management makes it a fun place to work. Right. Uh, that yeah, it's I don't important. Know if isn't ping it? pong table you know, makes it makes it fun. Yeah, uh, I don't either. I mean, I guess I wouldn't you, object you, to you, it, right? You see, well, you see all the the videos. Like, is it Google that has it, and, or Facebook? All those big right. companies out on the the West right. Coast, and yeah. you know they got a cafeteria that's bigger than you know a football field, and they can mm-hmm. come and eat. Mm-hmm. Those companies have money and can do it. That's true, right? How many of us, you know, could have a situation like Google, right? Or yeah, it's 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 yeah, not I mean, possible where they so, can get sushi every day if they want, you know? Um, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So. You give me that money, I'll create an atmosphere. But I create, we create it here with a lot of uh, internal customer service, which we believe in strongly. That is an overlooked area. Uh, right. Deep respect. You know, do we have troubles within the office? Of course we do. Every office does. And you'd be wrong in saying, oh no, we all get along like the peanut butter. And sure. Jelly. Oh. Of course. Right. <laughs> uh, and most of the time that's true. But oh, this, yeah. I, I, I hate to go on about me because it's not all about me. We were talking no, about no. the, the Generation X. Generation, whatever it is, yeah, um, they're good kids. All they're the good generations. Kids. They're good. Yeah, yeah. This and I have friends that are 16 years old, and I have friends that are 60 years old, and I have friends that are older than that. I don't care about an age number. It doesn't matter to me if you get an intelligent conversation, if you're having fun, and you can make me laugh. You're my friend. Yeah, it's the diversity. You know, I, we, we, I talk about this a lot with my marketing students, Nancy. Is that you know, diversity is is so important. You know, if we had you know, if if I was brainstorming an idea and I had just five Marty McDermott's or five Nancy Friedman's brainstorming an idea, everyone's going to think the same, aren't they? You know, and so when you I have that so. diversity, you know, there's a lot to be said so. for that. Isn't it? 
there, you know. And you so, you teach in marketing. What what age bracket do you teach in marketing? What is that? Well, it's interesting. The the average student, because I teach in the online division at Purdue University, at Purdue University Global, and our average student is 36 years old, um, more female than male, you know. So uh, I think we have like a 60-40 split. Um, and I like working with that group. I really do. I like working with, you know, that particular audience because most of them, I guess, have families, they're working, you know, they're very professional. Right. But I, I, I don't think, you know, cause I have taught to a younger audience as well. And I haven't really noticed much of a difference, quite frankly, between both groups. I, 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 I wanted to talk to you about this topic because I, like yourself, I mean, I, I have a very positive feeling about the millennials as well, but a lot of my peers don't, you know, and um, I, I think I think they're missing the boat, you know, and that's why I thought your article or your articles, actually, because you wrote several articles on this topic are really so important. Um, Thank you. You know, it, so it's, it's just it, a different I think it's a different observation. Of, and there are people who agree with me or say, you know, I didn't think about that. Right. That's how I learned, too. I listen or read something else and I say, well, I never thought about that. Uh, yeah. You gotta listen to them, just mm-hmm. like you, you know you're supposed to listen to to anybody. But we dismiss right. them so easily. We right. dismiss them, and yeah. try listening to them. Try asking a few questions. You're not gonna get the. You may not get the answer you want, but you know it may be a better answer. It's true. It's true. It was funny when we were talking about the um, environment, Nancy. Um, you know, a lot of companies today. Um, I, I remember going to my father's – my father worked for uh, the pharmaceutical company Merck, you know, and I remember visiting oh, his yeah. office for the first time. And, you know, everybody had their own office, you know, and a lot of the environments today are kind of like more – and I guess you, you, you probably see this because of all your, your presentations, but you, or you're seeing it that it's more of like an open environment. It seems like a lot of companies like Google have these like open environments where you could sit – one day you could sit next to the CEO or the chief marketing operating officer or um, it, 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 it's interesting. And I think that's why this is such an important topic too, is because one day you can be working next to a millennial to your right or across from you or, right. but you're dealing with them. It, to me, I guess there's no choice, but to, I'm going to say have to like them, but to embrace them. Um, uh, that's know, a good word. Order. That's that's a good word. And you know, just like your kids, yeah, that's what they are right now. That's what you say. Right. Telling them something probably won't get you as good as asking them a question. Mm, yeah, it's powerful. Telling them yeah. what to do probably won't be as, as effective. But I guess if you put it, and it just dawned on me as I'm speaking, it's a sales situation. You want to sell somebody, yeah. what do you do? You ask them questions. Sure. Absolutely. That's sales 101. That's... You know, so you want, to, you want to find out about the, about the millennials? You want to get better friends with them? You want to ask questions. Just ask them a question. Yeah. What do you do at your job? I mean, they're, they're just open-ended questions. Don't give them a closed one where they go, yeah or no. They right. weren't taught to hold conversations. They have not been taught in schools how to yeah. hold a conversation. As I say, some of them don't yeah. know how to shake hands properly. It, it's interesting. I, that must be interesting for you, Nancy, because I think it opens up that, that whole market. I mean, it almost seems like – I mean, your your service has always been important, you know, but – Thank now, you. I mean, it seems like it's not to say even if it's it's more important today, but because I guess that particular group wasn't taught, it's not their fault. Um, that it almost seems like there's even more opportunity for the telephone doctor today. Maybe <laughs> again, you know better than I do than 
th- than in the past, you know, I mean, because you, you really have to, to teach these things. So it seems like there's more opportunity now than ever for you. I, and I don't know if you'd agree or disagree. Well, I'm blessed because I believe communication skills, customer service, and sales will never go out of business. Yeah. I mean, I, I think those are evergreen topics. It's not why mm-hmm. I did it because I didn't right. know that they were evergreen topics, you know, 30 years ago, but they are. And the the, the mm-hmm. benefit of, of helping people and have people say, you know, you go to any program or any speaker, you're not going to follow, you're not going to tape their conversation and listen to every single thing, even this program here. Right. But if somebody right. got one little piece of information from you or from me, we've we've achieved, you know, massive accomplishments. Exactly. Does that, does exactly. that make sense? It makes total Sometimes. sense. Yeah. It, it's, what's what's next for like the telephone doctor, Nancy? I mean, maybe you could talk a little bit, you know, because we have a lot of new listeners since I've last had you on the show. You know, maybe you could talk a little bit about, you know, telephone doctor, you know, as far as like, you know, who you are and what you do. Um, you know, I think well, that would be interesting you. for our audience. If they, stay, if they stayed with us this long, we'll give them a nice, a nice elevator speech. Uh, Telephone Doctor is an international customer service training company. We help companies communicate better with their customers and coworkers, a lost art. Coworkers, a lost yes. art. So yeah. within Telephone Doctor, we have three divisions. We have our online serviceskills.com, which is right. an online yearly investment, uh, very affordable. They can go to serviceskills.com and, and get a free demo. We have Nancy programs, which I've spoken to three people. I've spoken to 3,000 people. So right. those are people who, who will have me at an annual, usually franchise. I do a lot of work in the franchise business. And yes. I yes. think I've said it before, but if you have new listeners, uh, Telephone Doctor was a former franchisor. We had That's five right. franchisees. Yes, four we let go very quickly, and one we kept too long. But that, that's a whole other, that's <laughs> a whole other that. story. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about franchising. So now I speak at a lot of franchise annual conferences, helping yeah. the Zors, as they call them, help the the sure. And then right. we do webinars. So we decided many years ago. It's a small family-owned business: mother, father, daughter, son. Uh, son has taken over the the reins as far as you know operating day to day, and I'm very proud of wow. that. I, that's great. I'm. I'm, I like to say now I'm the pretty face that just goes out and have fun. Uh, <laughs> but fun, fun, fun is our middle name, and it, it, yeah. all of the programs that are online have a little bit of humor to them. Even the mm-hmm. the hardcore, you know, we've got a little modules on sexual harassment. There's a little humor, that's not important. humor, not oh my god, that's the right. funniest thing. Nothing that takes you over right. the line. But we decided to go very deep into a topic rather than be all things to all people. So yeah. somebody said, you know, hey, Nancy, we need a program on time management. Well, so do I. So I don't teach it because I need it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> I mean, that, that's a whole, you know, I'm not going to Google something to so that I can go and say, yeah, I can do time management. And that, I yeah. think, is what kept us, has what kept us, has what kept us being in the forefront. Everybody that hears yeah. me speak knows that it's organic. I'll tell you this, Marty, and I don't know if anybody's going to make mention of this. I have never, outside of huge names, mm-hmm. seen another speaker speak. I won't go watch another speaker speak. Why won't you do that, That's Nancy? Interesting. Because subliminally, right. subliminally, you bring their content into yours, and I don't want to do that. I see. Right. I have, our material has been taken by right. – oh, it's you can't help it. Conscious. Right, it, yours is all original. I see that. That's interesting. That's You know, that's never occurred I, to me. Now, and you know what? has our con- – our, our content has been taken by others, and you right. know, or they move it, or they they change a word or two. Um, right. And I'm not talking about smile. Everybody can talk about a sure. smile. I'm talking about organic sure. content. 
that has been created in house. Uh, but I told my husband I don't need to go see, a, you know, and I don't, don't call them competitors because there's certainly right, right. enough enough in the world for for for, for the good speakers out there. Right. I have a good time, and I just I mind my own business. Let's put it that way. Right, right. That's you know that is interesting because I you know now I do listen to a lot of like you know Nancy I listen to a lot of podcasts and speakers and things like that. And you're right. I am certain that I've drawn bits and pieces of their content into my seminars or presentations. You know, not even aware sometimes probably that I'm doing it. I always try to source the information if it occurs to me, you know what I mean? Saying, you know, I was listening to... Right. You want to hear a cute story? I don't know how long you want to make this, but a very short, cute story. A story of a speaker who stood up and says, I saw Nancy Friedman speak. She's the telephone doctor, and she had some amazing content I want to share with you. And the next time he goes out, he says, a friend of mine uh, had some good content I want to share with you. And the Mm -hmm. third time he goes out, here's what I want to tell you. So they Uh, give you credit on the first... I mentioned you in passing on the second, and then by the third time, it's their content. And they own it. Right, they own it. And then they feel they own it. And you know what? I guess I would do it, too. I guess, you know. And that's why you don't go to seminars. Right. That's clever, though. You know, have I ever watched one? Yes, I have. You know, but I don't make it a point to go see somebody that's not competitive, because I think there's enough in the world for everybody. Uh, Right. There's a very big radio station here in St. Louis. I don't know if you've ever heard mm-hmm. of KMOX Radio. I have the CBS no. station. Oh, it's it's oh, like okay. WCBS in New York. Oh, wow. It's huge. Okay. It's huge. And they, there was a man who ran that station for 100 years, and he finally passed away. But he ran that station with an iron hand. And Dick and I had business with them one day, and he went up. we went up to the office, and we said, Mr. Highland, his name was Robert Highland, um, yeah. you've been number one for so long. What do you think about your competition? He said, right. I don't. I don't think about my competition. I only worry about me. Wow. And that's I'm giving that's him so credit powerful. because yeah. It, I thought it was because that's I'm just going to worry about Nancy and telephone doctor. And and I'm a happy camper that way. I I'm not going to be involved if somebody are, has a right. joke. You know, if they tell a joke I told fine. Uh we do it with comedians. We we take a joke from comedians, so I know how right. they feel now. Right. There's a book, Nancy, um, it's called Blue Ocean Strategy, and, and, and it talks about exactly what you're saying is to kind of just make the competition irrelevant, you know, is, you know, we spend so much time focusing on the competition, you know, that what you're saying is, is, is really true. And it was the whole theme of the book is to not worry about the competition, just be you, Nancy Friedman, you know, or I, I've noticed it in, in my business, you know, franchise interviews, as far as I know, we we just did our um, six. This this is our 652nd podcast. So as far as I know, and I've researched it, we're the longest running franchise podcast, I think, on the planet. But there are other ones out there. <laughs> you know, there's like I think there's about ten others out there, and, and I've listened to some of them. Some of them are pretty good. You know, um, but I try to not. I, I just try to be me. You know what I mean? And never exactly. Steal. You know, because that's all you could be is you, right? I mean, you can't be exactly. Nobody can take that else. away from you. Nobody can take exactly. that away from you. And I, I heard you introduce on the on the earlier part of it. You know, this is a 650 second show, and I thought, wow, yeah, I'm proud to be on it, Marty. It's it's uh, you, you run you. a very good show. Uh, we have all been on Thank shows you. that where the the host is uh, less than so, fair, so. if you will. <laughs> yeah, and then there's people who care about who they're talking with. So, uh, it. it 
it's a fun business franchising, and I, I hope yeah. I hope that we're reaching a lot of people and they stick with us because if you stuck oh, yeah. this far, if yeah. you're listening and you're here at this point, I am offering one of our books because you stayed through the whole podcast. Oh, that's so all you got to do is email me. At, how many are you up to now, Nancy? Uh, how many books? Well, we've got nine, but if you listen to this part, you just email me okay. at nancy at telephonedoctor.com. Okay. Nancy at telephonedoctor.com. And I will sign a book for you and send it to you because I don't know if we're cutting this or making it smaller or leaving it alone, and I'm okay with whatever you want to do. But no, we're going to have the whole uh, thing pretty much in there. Yeah, this, this oh, the whole. Oh, that's good. I, I, I can't. There's I, not much I could cut from your interviews. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's because you asked. You there you are. You asked the good questions. Thank You've you. done your homework. Of course, we do know each other. You know, I, yeah. I don't. I don't think we pass each other on the street. You'd probably go, Nancy. Is that you? Marty, no, you? I would yeah. recognize you right away. I just I always say one of these days I just want to get to one of your your your, your seminars or presentations, you know. I just I would love to just be part of the audience just because, you know, I feel like I know you, you know, after all these I'd years. I'd love to have yeah. you there, Marty. I'd love to have you there. And I you it said online, which I I'm not I don't I don't quite understand if you're live online or what. I thought maybe you had like a student class and I think to myself, what if I ever came to the city and he would like Maybe you want me to say hi to the students and have some fun, but uh, oh, that would be wild. Well, you could do that today, right? You could just record videos and just, you know, it's. Uh, I could do you know, one for you. We'll talk offline about that. We do little homegrown videos. I could say, "Hi, Marty. This is for your kids, or this is for your group." Right. I think that we'll, would be. We'll great. talk about that. Okay, I you know I'm waiting for you to do, um, and I don't know if you've ever thought about this, Nancy, because I think you would be fantastic at it. Is I like the um, not all of them, but some of like the the TED talks. I could see you doing something like that, you know, where you come out and you speak for like I think it's like usually 20 minutes, but I think you would be exceptional at doing something like that. I don't know if anyone's ever approached you, but well, I would love to thank you. It, like it's been a, talked about, but I don't know the first place to go to try i mean I, that's true I, I, dial ted i don't know you know I, if you <laughs> ever true, hear i don't know how it starts i don't know how the right i don't know how the process website. starts there must be a place to start um yes. and i you know that would be a thrill and an honor but uh it, it's just yeah. it's just fun to talk with you to talk about and i hope all the millennials that are listening feel better yeah. about themselves stand up straight put a smile on your face go out and kill the mm-hmm. world it's you know, have fun. Uh, They have a sense of humor too. And we didn't talk on that. It may not be your sense of humor or my sense of humor, but they have their own. And I go back to, didn't we have a sense of humor? I I really wish I could make people understand or have people understand that we have all been through, even the millennials should understand that we've been through what they're going through. But so should the boomers and so should the seniors understand that you know, we've been through what they've been through. They're just going through what we're going to go through, or what we have been through. Yeah, it, it, you know, it's funny and even like notice. You're right; they do have a sense of humor, Nancy. You know, and it was interesting when when I was in Washington D.C. Uh, last month. Uh, there was a break. You know, it was like a, a lunch break. I guess it was about one o'clock, and, and you know, so everybody went out, and you know, I was, I was feeling really hungry. Um, but it's just even interesting, like subtle differences, like how they eat. You know what I mean? It's like they eat so healthy. You know. Um, the 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 girl that I was sitting with, I mean, she had it was all vegetables on her plate, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. 
And, you know, I was drinking, I, I shouldn't have been drinking, I was drinking a Coca-Cola, you know, and she's drinking a water. And I, 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 I took the worst <laughs> possible things you could take on, on, on the menu, you know. Um, but it's just interesting, those things, you know, it's just, it's just, you know, how health is very important to them. Um, I, I think life balance seems to be very important to them, too. And, you know, I, I, I think that's important to all of us, though, isn't it? Life balance, you know, is having. Yeah, it is. And so is eating. I mean, as you get older, you realize how important good eating is. I've got. Uh, yeah. My HR director's been with me 30 years, and says, "Let's go to lunch." She's, "Well, you know, I'm a vegan." I thought, "Oh gosh, okay, that means you got to be healthy, and you got to find." Well, you know what? Thai right. food is is practically all vegan, so we're going to a Thai restaurant. So that doesn't, you know, I can have a good time, she can have a good time. Um, right. I'll tell you what. Possibly, <laughs> this I don't know where this comes from. What possibly the millennials could learn, and that's. Says, I hate to even say this. It's possibly good table manners. Yes. You said food that made it. That my well, you said because it's not I, their fault. They weren't taught. You know what I mean? And that's why I just think yeah. it's, it's such an opportunity for your type of organization. You know, is that uh, the need is greater well, now. I'm not going to teach them how to hold a fork. And, and <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, but, but it's right. etiquette, though, parents, right? It you is. Know, you get divorced parents. You get two-parent homes. You get, you know, yeah. single family, you know, single mother, single father raising them. It's hard. It's hard being a baby boomer doing that, raising a, a millennial. I mean, it, yeah. it's all hard. And if everybody start, right. can I say bitching? If everybody stop bitching yeah. and just right. just put their mind in a, in a positive force, uh, I feel it would be yeah. a better place. I don't know. I, it seems I, like I just stop complaining. No, no, but it, it it seems like Nancy. I guess if both groups are open to each other, right? You know what I mean? It's like you know, okay, Generation X, baby boomers are open to the millennials, and the millennials are more open to, you know, our groups, you know, that, that, you know, something tremendous, like maybe tremendous synergy can come out of that. You know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. You, you, you bring a wealth of information that way. Yeah. There's just so much opportunity, you know, so it's, um, it's, it's an interesting, I think it's a very interesting topic, you know, and I mentioned to you, I'm going to start to study this for, uh, my next scholarly research, you know, so I'll have to send you the paper when it's done. I would love you know? to. I would love to read your papers. I, I, yeah. I, uh, I don't know that much about what you do other than this, and I, I about that. So. Oh, and that's okay. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, I teach marketing, Nancy, but one of the things, you know, when you, you teach for a university is, you know, they, they always have this, this, you may have heard this phrase is, you know, publish or perish, you know, so you have to get published every <laughs> so many years in, in a journal. It's a lot of pressure, but but I've, I've I've done it like three times in the last several years already, so I, I like it. And, and they're kind of boring. They're not maybe as interesting as like a an article you'd see like on a blog and things like that. There's a lot of statistics and things like that, but but nevertheless, I. I, I but you I could find make it interesting. it interesting. You should you should expose but, yourself. You should you could make it interesting. You could take one of your your educational yeah. you know hard to read papers, and put it and into good, language that Mr. and Mrs. Average could read and and get value out of. You've got a wealth of information in your head, Marty, as we yeah. used to say in our house. Your little kepi is just filled with good things. Yeah, I know. Kepi you know, I have. It's a you know, well. I right my. Wife uses that head in her parent her, that term and uh, her parents. That's where I've learned that term, Cappy. <laughs> so Cappy. that's great. K e p p. Cappy. A little Cappy. Okay. Cappy. There Cappy. you go. Gotta and say, so. gotta be Jewish. You gotta say it right, Cappy. <laughs> <laughs> I told you my wife is Jewish, so I, I'm familiar with the whole culture. You know what I mean? Oh so right, right, right. I, yeah, you did say that. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I'm so yeah, happy absolutely. we did this, and I hope there's value. I know there's value in this interview. Um, yes. You ask great questions, and my Thank you. not to wrap it up, but uh, yeah. my bottom line is, 
if you embrace the, the millennials, because there's going to be this, what do you say, the C group? What does the C stand for? The Z. So actually X, Y, Z, right? Following. Oh, so Z. A lot of I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. That the millennials, I guess, sometimes are also tagged Generation Y, so there was nowhere to go after that. So I think they're calling this next generation Generation Z. I don't know what they'll call the generation after that. Maybe they'll go back to A. You know, double A. But, yeah. yeah. Oh, you're a double A. I see. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We can't come go. up with anything else. We'll stick to the alphabet. All righty. Exactly. Uh, exactly. I'd be so, interested but, in your thoughts to if you kept a journal on your son on the questions he asked. You know to to. It just, I don't know. Yeah. It, it just you raise you raise such points that I don't even think about, and then when I get on the topic, I. Well, it is. It's it, it's fun I, to talk about. You know, it it's um, you know, it's it's interesting with our twelve year old son. You know, he seems resistant to everything that we say, and I know you have kids, so you went through that yourself. Your kids are older right. now, so you don't have to and deal with that go, anymore. He's going to go through the same thing. He's going to go through the. He's going to yeah. say to you, "Hey, Dad, my kids won't listen to me." Right. Exactly. And, and that's and you're what we're say, doing. Welcome with. to the club. Welcome exactly. to the club. Exactly. Exactly. So it's 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 just the cycle of life. But um, but this it was is. wonderful. And I always enjoy. Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every franchisepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes in Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. Today's great quote in franchising is being brought to you by Franchise Teacher. Would you like to know how to franchise your concept or grow your franchise business? Meet the experts at Franchise Teacher. The goal of Franchise Teacher is to teach, coach, consult, and advise. The team of experts at Franchise Teacher will evaluate your business model and present you with a winning business strategy. Franchise Teacher will help you decide whether or not your concept works and if it's franchisable. Franchise Teacher is proud to have over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Franchise Teacher are developers of over a dozen franchise systems which include brick and mortar as well as home-based concepts of nearly 3,000 combined franchise locations. Whether you need to add more units or get more customers, Franchise Teacher can help. We will teach. Franchise Teacher will help you learn our proven system. Coach. Franchise Teacher will help you provide a game plan to succeed. Consult. Franchise Teacher will make sure you stay on track. And advise. Franchise Teacher will help you learn from our over 30 years of experience in franchising as both franchisees and franchisors. Take advantage of our free, no-obligation phone consultation. Simply go to FranchiseTeacher.com or call us at 561-385-3032. That's FranchiseTeacher.com. Or call us at 561-385-3032. Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising, where each podcast you get to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, we've been hosting Franchise Interviews many years now, and during that time, we've had some incredible quotes on our show. 
Today you're going to get to hear from Nick Friedman, who is the founder of College Hunks Hauling and Junk and Moving Franchise Opportunity. And Nick said something really quite brilliant on our show that we haven't heard in over a decade of doing franchise interviews. We started speaking about the four F's of franchising, and interesting enough, we ended up with five F's of franchising as we were doing the interview with Nick. And, um, you know, in marketing, we talk about the four P's of marketing, which is product, price, promotion, and place. So I thought this was really brilliant what Nick said. So here we go with Nick Friedman, the founder of College Hunks Hauling and Junk Moving Franchise Opportunity. What, um, you know, the majority of our listeners, we call them Nick, we call them aspiring franchipreneurs. What types of characteristics do you look for in your franchisees? You know, uh, what I like to say is there's four F's when considering mm-hmm. a, a franchise, which is also, I guess, starts with a letter F. So, you know, there's mm-hmm. four F's that come out of a franchise. And I think this is what a prospective franchise should think of when they're considering what franchise they want to pursue. And this is, quite frankly, I think what franchisors should consider when they're evaluating a prospective franchisee. Uh, so right. the first F is fit, is fit. You know, do they mm-hmm. fit? In other words, do they have transferable skills that can make them effective at this business? Have they done anything in their prior professional uh, or personal lives uh, that would make them uh, be successful in this type of business? Uh, The second piece is the family side. In other words, does their family uh, support them in them pursuing this endeavor, whether it's their husband or wife or uh, uh, kids or or parents? You know, do they believe in them? Because you don't want things to get tough in their inner circle to say, "I told you so." You want them to, you know, kind of cheer them on to get through it. Uh, the financial piece is important. In other words, are they capitalized yeah. to be able to invest in the opportunity, and do they have realistic uh, financial expectations? And then the last F is the fun factor. You know, can we have fun working with this individual? You know, franchises yeah. very much like a partnership, even though that's not typically called that. Uh, so it, you got to have you know an alignment of vision and values to be able to enjoy. Uh, working together. So that's really what we look for. You know, we, we want people that believe in the secret sauce that we've already developed. Mm-hmm. We don't want somebody to come tell us that they think it should be done differently. Uh, we want them to tell us that they believe in, 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 in what we've created. And, and sure, we would, you know, want to continuously improve and encourage ideas, but uh, not, you know, we want folks that believe in the system and are going to execute the system rather than trying to shortcut success by doing it, uh, you know, doing it their own way. And I think that's, you know, really no different in our system than any other franchise uh, uh, model that, that is uh, is going to be successful long term. They need to really take into account those factors. That's Yeah, no, that's great, Nick. We have this uh, great quotes in franchising podcasts. Anytime we hear, you know, Michael Gerber has been in there a couple of times, but we're going to put that one in there because I haven't heard that in, in, in over a decade. And I, I think that's great advice to our listeners. It's really fantastic because it's true. I mean, you could really, your business, you could teach to anybody, couldn't you? I mean, pretty much, you know, it, but, you know, it's interesting in putting those factors in there, you know, like family support, you know, and even fun. I haven't heard that, you know, but it should be an enjoyable business. And, you know, because it is a stressful situation for the customers, I guess you got to be able to put a smile on your customer's face, don't you? Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, you know, there, as you know, there's over 3,000 franchise opportunities out there. So, mm-hmm. you know, what's going to separate one from the other? It's, it's got to be something that you can enjoy. And I guess I'll grab another F out of there. I'm, I'm on a roll here. Fulfillment. You know, is, is it something that, yes. uh, you know, we're going to be fulfilled doing day in and day out? Because I think franchising is a lot, a lot like a gym membership. You know, if you join the gym, you've got fitness yeah. goals. You get access to all types right. of equipment, personal trainers, coaches, workout groups, but you still got to go and show up and do the work. So if you buy a franchise, you're getting access to the business model in a box. You're getting access to trainers, coaches, you know, fellow franchisees that you can you know hold each other accountable with. But you still got to show up and put in the effort to uh, to execute that business model. So uh, that's where I think those those factors come into play. Once you decide that you know you do like them 
you know, and they like you, Nick, you know, and, and there is a fit, you know, what is the training like? I mean, do they typically come to Florida for training? How does that work? If you'd like to hear that whole interview with Nick Freeman of the College Hunks Hauling and Junk Moving Franchise Opportunity, all you have to do is go to FranchiseInterviews.com, go to our Franchise Interviews by Category page, and then go to our Home Repair and Improvements page, and you'll be able to listen to that whole show with Nick Freeman. It was really a fantastic interview. It was great to finally have Nick on the show. And lastly, we'd just like to thank everyone for making this podcast such a big hit. It's hard to imagine we've been doing it now over 10 years and uh, it's just amazing to see where the podcast has gone. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you again soon with another edition of Great Quotes and Franchising, sponsored by Franchise Interviews. Take care, everyone. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews.